Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, your keeper of monster and mysteries. With me today are Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I play J.R. the Crooked. Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle. I play Alvin the Monstrous. And Tio. Hi, I'm Tio, and I play Constance the Expert. Last time, Constance found herself in the sights of the same distorted reality that had stalked Alvin through the streets of Firmament. Following the familiar discordant assault, she quickly found herself beset upon by a fast-burning blaze, a gangly figure of shadow, and a cadre of government agents. But Constance was not going to go quietly. Working with the Daylight Society, she was able to recreate the studio's protection spell by painting the arcane diagrams atop a Subaru Outback using glow stick goo. (laughs) While effective, not to mention cool as hell, the maneuver left her completely encircled. Meanwhile, J.R. and Lamond Pax continued their investigations into the agent's pre-amnesiac whereabouts. Using magic, J.R. was able to briefly wind back time on Lamond's wallet, turning its erased contents into a lead on their lodging and firmament. After charming their way past old pal Abner, the pair were able to gain access to Pax's room at the chic Ravenloft Hotel. Inside, they found a host of fine suits, a murder board with J.R.'s face on it, (laughs) and the missing fragment of disc. Alvin and Sarah, coming off an investigation of the Imagine Labs facility at Firmament College that could only be described as a smashing success, followed the breadcrumbs back to (laughs) CNL. Once there, however, they discovered a distraught Constance had caused quite a commotion in the parking lot, with security (laughs) and FPD already on the scene. Working with Galvan, Alvin was able to get a message through to Constance and tow the warded Subaru Outback away from the distorted reality and back to the safety of the studio. Phew! Before we jump in, Alvin, you leveled up, I think, two episodes ago, and we forgot to take care of it last time. So uh, do you know what you would like to take for your advancement? Yeah, I'm getting kind of thin on big moves to take. So I think what I'm going to actually do is just take a plus one to cool to get rid of that negative. Awesome. We are going to jump in a little bit forward in time, actually. By the time all of your adventures came to a close in last session, it was getting pretty late. All of the events of this arc have taken place in one day thus far. So we're going to fast forward to the next morning at the studio with everyone back and rested up. When we last left off, pretty much the entire Daylight Society was at your studio. Mm-hmm. Are, are they still there? Did everyone sort of- Sleepover! Yeah, did you have a sleepover party? Or no, what's, hell what's the yeah. Sitch? Was, no, no, Constance. No, hell I, yeah! I think we probably did because there's a danger outside of this particular oh, apartment. Oh God, that's and right. A member of the Daylight Society was was whammied, and so I don't I don't think we'd want folks to no. venture out for too long. The less pragmatic reason is that Constance is really, really hopped up on adrenaline after yeah. her whole badass thing, and she wants everyone there so she can recount it to them. And also, sleepover sounds great when you're very, very high on life. Constance, I feel like you're going to stay up all night painting. Absolutely. I paint a scene of my glorious moment to remember for later. Mm-hmm. Give me a roll plus weird. I should have oh! known. Should have known. That is um, A-Rod's favorite number, eight. That's a lie. I have no idea what his favorite number is, but that's an eight. <laughs> My good friend. Where did friend this come Aaron. from? I don't know. I wanted to think of a cool fact about the number eight, and I didn't. 
So that's A-Rod's favorite number in this universe that I made up, and it's an eight. Our good friend, friend of the pod, Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez. (laughs) He told us his favorite number is eight. (laughs) It's canon now. In Monster Hour, A-Rod's favorite number is eight. Also in Monster Hour, A-Rod never left the Mariners. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, why not? Yeah, that's that's true. Constance, I think as you start painting, folks are getting situated to go to sleep after you've regaled them for the second or potentially third time of your exploits. And when you're done painting, hours have passed. The sun is starting to come up. Oh. Mm. On a seven to nine, ask one question from past lives. Oh, my. Interesting. Oh, boy. What important hidden secret can a past life show me the way to? Constance, the scene that you have painted is the scene from the backseat of your car. With unsettling skill, you have captured perhaps not the exact contours of the twisting gravity well, but certainly the essence of its presence. The entropic brushstrokes and surreal perspectives would, without question, have critics labeling you the next MC Escher. One detail in particular catches your eye, however. At the center of the distorted presence is a bright gash in reality itself, its illuminated edges just like the windows that you saw at Otherware and following the demise of the Ur-Spider. Though it's just a small space on the canvas, through it you can see an achromatic expanse of nothingness filled with thousands of shimmering lights, almost like stars. That is what you see. Oh, wow. I think I put my paintbrush down and without even really thinking about it because I'm just hopped up on energy and all that, I look around and everyone's asleep and I just go and I open the door to the bathroom and I go, JR, you won't believe what I just realized. Assuming that JR is in there taking a bubble bath. (laughs) Oh yes, I am in there. Cartoon levels of bubbles. There's probably a couple of candles lit to really just uh, set the scene, make it very soothing. Yeah, Jair's in there just enjoying a little alone time. Not that way, re- listeners. I'm just having a I'm having a bath. You're treating yourself. It's been a long day. I should also say that I brought the painting in. Are you inviting Alvin to this? Yes. Yeah, I'm yes. I'm kind of like like quickly like kick, 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 kick. come on. Uh, yep. Executive meeting, executive officers meeting. Oh god, what time is it? Uh, <laughs> and I- we will say it is 5:30 in the morning. It's 5.30 in the morning, Constance. Look, 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 look. And I point to the window and I'm like, I think there's like, I keep seeing these. It's like multiple different universes out there. Just, just look at it. Can your visions please wait until like a normal morning time, like 11 o'clock? That's barely morning anymore. Noon. I will gladly take the visions when they happen. So what am I, what am I looking at? Like, I'm kind of looking at the painting and I'm squinting and like, Constance, I respect your artistic vision. Uh, I have to say, as a connoisseur of the arts, your artwork has just grown incredibly in the time that I've known you. But what the fuck am I looking at? I appreciate that. And uh, I'm going to have you record that statement for me later. But right now, (laughs) I think what we should focus on is it's almost like there are ripples to these other worlds here in Firmament. Why here? Firmament's not that big. How does this keep happening here? So, like, our actions here are either 
causing there to be holes in other worlds. And so things are getting in, not just from Mr. Blue, but possibly other universes or and or because we're so close to other universes, it's upsetting the balance in those universes enough that things are coming in from over there. Which also means that things from here might be getting over into their universes. Potentially, yes. It's it's hard for us to know. I mean, jo- Georgiana did, right? So, yeah. yeah. Um, but whatever, whatever this thing is, we got to deal with the big bad in front of us. But and Constance like tries really hard to look serious and solemn as she says this, but she is very excited as she says it. We got to dig a little deeper into the history of this town. There's something here that we're missing. And I cannot believe I'm saying that as a resident historian here. First of all, yes, I'm super into this idea of like doing investigation. Uh, Don't say no, but we should definitely check out and see if there's interesting stuff in the mine. No, we shouldn't. Sorry, listeners. That's a deep cut of when Quinn wouldn't let us go to the fucking mine. I hate that place. You went to the mine in arc two. It wasn't that we long. Did. We did. We did. But we should go back to the mine. I hate I that place. I, I didn't have mine. a good time there. I didn't either. I still want to go back. It's fun. I like it. That is where we found the disc, though. Oh, that's God, true. that's right. So I am super into this. I would love to do more investigation. Point number two is we need to figure out what to do about Georgiana. Don't want her to die. Yeah, we're on day two now. Yeah, um, so there's that. And then point number three is I don't think we knew it was missing, but uh, I got the disc back. What? Wasn't it in the wall? Well, it was. And then someone took it. And I'm fairly certain I know who took it because it was in Pax's suitcase. And now it's back. So that's good. But it's also bad that we didn't know it was missing. Yeah. We should probably put one of those little, you know, the white square <laughs> GPS trackers on it. Yes. <laughs> My dad got one for Christmas last year and then he lost the thing that goes with it. <laughs> Yeah, my mom did the same thing. Um, <laughs> Boomer's breaking technology. I fucking love it. Why would Pax want the disc? Pax clearly was looking for it to take it because if you don't know what it is, there's no incentive to take it. They knew where we hid it then. That mm-hmm. too. And they knew it was important. Um, and Alvin, you saw them trying to do magic back at Hullabaloo, right? I mean, they were scribbling in the in the ground. It definitely looked like runes. Oh shit! They did some magic when they came in to like at the door. They came into the apartment at some point. Yeah, they yeah. came and interrogated me when you were gallivanting around outside. <laughs> right. Well, when I was running around in a towel, going through the sewer system like fucking Marat, um, they did some magic when they were in there interrogating you, didn't they, Quinn? That's how they knew. <laughs> or who's Quinn? Listeners may recall that Constance had to take their eyes off of Agent Pax for a moment yeah. to ensure that JR escaped. And during yep. that time, you heard yep. a strange low thrum. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That or Pax has, some, I mean, it's probably still magic related, but some sort of homing device 
didn't you put it in the we put the disc in the wall right before we left? That was after Pax was here. So either somebody knew where you put it, Constance, and told Pax, or yeah, Pax has like magic dowsing rods or something. Which mm-hmm. I wouldn't put past Pax, given what we know about no, if, them now. Yeah, if they work for some sort of suits, men in black, men in black sort of organization, I'm sure they've got some kind of agents of shield tech wizardry to sniff magic. You know, you know? it strikes me that if that's the case, they they do work for the FBI, and the FBI has a division that is dedicated to this. If that were to be the case then there's probably a really good FBI dossier on the disc that PAX might have access to that would be very nice for us to have. Now, here's an interesting question because PAX's ID totally blanked, totally white with the memory whammy. So is PAX's credentials on a database also blanked? Ooh, because that's not a human remembering, that's a computer. Is this a, is the, is it a cyber magic Ooh. Oh, that's cool. We should hello can we do cyber magic. Can we do cyber magic? Can we f- first? We should check if they can still log in to their system. I'm sure there's some sort of VPN that they can remote into the FBI, right? Because the FBI is all over the U.S. They would have to remember a password. I wonder but what if, if the it's... password was password. <laughs> <laughs> If the if an FBI agent's password <laughs> was password, <laughs> so help me, that would be very bad for the FBI. I bet. it would be, but it would also like not be entirely outside the realm yeah. of possibility. We are so far afield. Sorry, Quinn. This is what Sorry. happens when you're like, we're just. I'm gonna give you no, no structure. Think- Y'all said you wanted to talk about stuff, but <laughs> but here's true. the thing. This gives us. We have so many leads. We have the historic society. Yes. We have the mine yep. where we found the disc. We have Pax's lap laptop or some other way to try to access FBI knowledge of the disc like guys I feel like we, we haven't have also yeah we also we've got the murder board itself we have not yes. taken a, a look at that and I don't know if there's anything useful and we also got their briefcase like we brought the briefcase back and the disc was in there but there might be <sighs> yeah. additional stuff in the briefcase that didn't have their name on it that might still have info and Friends, I was able to do like reverse lookup, like star six nine, but for time. <laughs> and Ooh. I can't promise like a that it's a strange situation, <laughs> right? That it's gonna work every single time because it didn't work super well last time. I only got a little bit of information, but like I can try to do that again if there's other documents to see if we could get some additional information. But yeah, I have not asked them about the disc at all because they're clearly not going to know. But they have some innate understanding about magic. So maybe we should just put it in front of them. First thoughts, immediate reactions. Yeah. (laughs) What are your instincts? Some pre-word association with this disc. (laughs) I mean, they definitely saw the disc when the briefcase came open. Okay. They didn't have any reaction to it. Ah, okay. Speaking of that wonderful murder board, JR, I know that you're busy in the tub. If you want, I can bring it over so we can continue this conversation in the bathroom. Please but I, do. We, maybe we should look at it. <laughs> I don't yes, think we've actually thoroughly looked at it. I love, this. I love at it. this. Okay. Constance, you go and retrieve the murder board and hang it up on the, the mirror in, in the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we've got the painting and the murder board and the three of us in the bathroom with everyone yes. asleep out in the living room. Yeah. I make coffee. 
Yeah, you kind of have to like unravel it and like pin it up. Uh, it's quite robust. There's a lot of like untangling of string and stuff. But yes, mm -hmm. it's a expansive murder board. There is a picture of JR very prominently displayed. There is JR who you recognize as May and Rhodes on there. And then there's a number of like newspaper clippings and documents. I think you immediately recognize a few as related to the break-in and fire at the Getty Museum. Clippings from past exploits of the criminal known as JR, also known by her other aliases, Angela Brinks, Charlie Fairhurst, Emma Pendergast. And then there are some other ones that you don't immediately recognize that you think perhaps maybe belong to May and or Rhodes. Okay. Um, but that's that's kind of the, the gist of the murder board that you can get just by looking it over. Okay. Uh, Constance, why don't you try to investigate this mystery? All right. Oh, yeah. The mystery of the murder board. Oh, shoot on the brick of life. That's an 11. And it's not a 12. <laughs> here's, here's why that's a problem. I shit on a brick. It's an 11. Because, well, because I have an advanced move for investigate a mystery, and I mm -hmm. was excited to use it, and I'm one off. So, you know. Well, tell you what. If someone helped out, it could get you to a 12. Oh, sh Ooh, oh yeah. Can hey. I do that? Will that do that? Okay. I will try to help out. Well, it's a seven. Does that help? Yes. On a seven and nine, your help grants them plus one, but you also expose yourself to trouble or danger. I mean, I'm in a I'm bathtub. I'm not sure what kind of trouble or danger you're going <laughs> to get into here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bank that. I'm going to keep that in mind. Somewhere Fuck. out there, <laughs> trouble is brewing for you. <laughs> I hear it on the wind. I sit up slightly. Danger is afoot. Like, more danger than what we're in now. Like- Extra a little danger. bit more danger. So, Constance, that brings you up to a 12, which means you do get the advanced investigate a mystery. Yeah, okay. Do you want to tell the listeners what that means? Yes, it means that I may ask the keeper any question I want about the mystery, not just the ones listed. All <laughs> right. So, two questions, whatever you want to ask. Okay. I mean, the thing on the murder board that might be interesting to know is why Pax is really after JR because JR sure has done some criminal things but to bring the like a specialist from the like spooky stuff division of the FBI who also happens to have a connection to that this seems like it might not be purely a professional pursuit mm -hmm. I think another question might be around what Pax knows about the disc may not be on the murder board because it's not something that they're trying to figure out It'd be interesting to see if there's any connection. This may not be on the murder board, but connection between PAX and Imagine Labs, because so far the people who have been whammied have been connected pretty directly to Imagine Labs, except yeah. for PAX. Yeah. yeah. Can we do one question and then decide our second question? Sure. All right. Why is PAX hunting JR so fervently? I think you see a few things on this murder board. For starters, the whole board is very focused on JR and her crew at the Getty, the attempted heist of the Sublime Intemperance. Mm -hmm. I think you can see that there are little denotations on the pictures of May and Rhodes. I don't know if there's a legend or you just sort of deduce this, but I think you can tell that the two of them are in custody. And it doesn't appear that they have delivered the information that will help to solve whatever puzzle Pax is working on. And I think you can tell based on the orientation of this murder board that the person they're really after is whoever's at the top. 
whoever hired May, Rhodes, and JR to pull the heist. And if May and Rhodes don't know, Pax believes that JR must. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think for the second one, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll ask, what is Pax's connection to Imagine Labs? As a fan of your characters, Constance, did you grab the briefcase as well? Yes, <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh, look, here's the briefcase. Yes, there's quite a few documents in the briefcase. A lot of them are blank, same ah. as the cards in Pax's wallet, but uh-huh. there are a few that are not. And among them, you see a financial record, basically, tracking payments through a series of would look like offshore shell corporations. And following this pattern, it looks, it's difficult to say, it would be difficult to prove in, say, a court of law or if you were seeking a warrant, but it looks like a series of payments were wired through shell corporations to one Mayfield Whitney from Mm -hmm. Imagine Labs. What? Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 43 of Monster Hour. Our heroes are turning up all sorts of clues about the sinister web of mysteries they find themselves caught in. Too bad the real monster is still trying to piece it all together. As always, I want to thank everyone who's been helping spread the word about the show by leaving us a rating and review, giving us a shout on social media, and recommending the show to a friend. Don't forget that if you tweet about the show using hashtag MonsterHourPod, you might wind up with a character named after you. I will admit there haven't been as many new characters as I expected this arc, as I appear to have terrorized the gang into hiding out in the studio, but they have to come out sometime. And when they do, boom, new characters. Help me make it happen. Our spooky spotlight this week is Tabletop Roulette, an actual play anthology featuring players from marginalized backgrounds playing a wide range of tabletop games, from Urban Shadows to Lancer. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone in between or irrespective of that binary, pull up a chair and put down your chips. It's time for Tabletop Roulette. We are an actual play tabletop anthology podcast with a rotating cast of players, GMs, and games running one-shots and short campaigns focused on uplifting people from marginalized backgrounds. You can find us every Friday, wherever you find your podcasts, on Twitter at TTRPGRoulette, or on Discord at the link in our Twitter and in our show notes. That's all I've got for you this week, folks. We'll be back with episode 44 of Monster Hour on February 16th. See you then. It looks like Imagine Labs paid May. I don't Mm. like this. We may have we may have a lead on who hired you, Jr. Do you wanna Uh do you wanna like really lean into that one again? I feel like you could lean harder. (laughs) We may have picked up a whitsmer whisper on who might have paid you, Jr. But it just says Imagine Labs. It doesn't give any anyone specifically. No. Okay. Interesting. I mean, not a lot is surprising me now. So I think JR's reaction is one of like resigned understanding. The thing that's probably going through my mind is whether I was an intentional hire or whether I was a hire of opportunity and just kind of got swept up in this. Oh, but- you were a hire of opportunity. 
Oh, okay. Because it was at What's-His-Name's holiday party. It was at Tobias Menzies' holiday party. Right, but I also didn't know if maybe she, like, went looking for me. Ah, well, that I guess we don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I am shocked yet unsurprised. Probably means we're going to have to go back to Imagine Labs at some point. Alvin, how'd you do? I didn't get to them. There was a... There was a whole thing in a parking lot and a Subaru Outback and Constance was on top. Right. I, yeah, I sorry remember. about that. I do remember hearing about that. So, yeah. Um, hmm. Okay. Well, this this goes all the way to the top. Oh, yeah. I also very quickly recap my mom's suspicious promotion and the fact that insert name that I've forgotten here seems to not be remembered by anybody. So they've definitely been whammied as well. The former head. That's very interesting that someone can be whammied but have like false memories implanted. It's not that they just don't remember, but your mom believes she's been the director for years. It's almost as if they're trying to get rid of the person who was running the lab, who probably at the very least knew about the payments to you and May, JR. I suppose we've known about that, actually, because Kristen forgot everything, but everyone else also forgot Kristen and probably have made up memories to explain what was going on, like when Kristen was around or something right. like that. So your mom mm-hmm. probably hasn't been whammied. It's the side effects of yeah the previous director. Uh, Who would know. Well, I guess right now they won't yeah. know, but generally would know. I think it is at this moment. In the early hours of the morning, the three of Uh you crammed into Constance's bathroom, that you hear a retching scream come from Constance's bedroom. Alvin, go in first. I'm already already there. (laughs) I'm scrambling for a bathrobe. Nothing like a retching scream to wake you up in the morning. Alvin, you run in to find Mr. Blue already there standing over Georgiana, uh-huh. who is okay. once again, just like yesterday, convulsing in, in agony. And the process, again, just unfolds like last time you see this lurid sort of purple orb warming its way under her body. And as it moves, bits of her just disappear. And after a few minutes, it subsides and she just looks diminished. Okay. Two down, five to go. We need to fix this very soon. Yeah. And I think our best plan for that was to craft some kind of big magic to summon this beast because we don't know where to go to get it, but it has some sort of magical connection to Georgiana, wherever Georgiana is, because she was picked up in in Romania and now we've brought her back here, but she is still affected. So in a rush, I don't know if there's anything you can do, JR, magically that can like trace the call. I suppose I could try to do Quinn. It might be do one thing that's beyond human limitations. JR, I think you stand over Georgiana as she is gasping for breath, recovering, and mm-hmm. Mr. Blue is is sort of leaned over trying to, to comfort and console her. The Daylight Society, woken from their slumber, are sort of crowded around the doorway looking on, and you hold out the key. I think the relationship between you and this key is becoming almost like parasympathetic. It's not quite feeling, but you get feedback that isn't just pain or power or or energy. It's Yeah, I can get more guidance from I don't know that the key is necessarily alive, but as a conduit to the magic, I'm certainly learning a bit more about yeah. like what I can do in the short term and what is going to require more preparation. Exactly. And so you're holding the key over Georgiana and you get just this feeling of like stuntedness 
and confusion mm-hmm. sort of like circling in place like an eddy in a current. And your immediate efforts to trace this back to the source just kind of fizzle. It will require big magic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Quinn, can you tell me now when it's going to require, because like there's a several lists of things and that is going to kind of shape what the next plan of action, at least I think for me, is going to be. Yeah, I think we can get to that in a second. I'm curious, Constance, if you're doing anything. My immediate thought is I don't think there's anything that I can actually do here. I think I'm just being supportive, both trying to be supportive to Georgiana, trying to look at Mr. Blue and kind of give that look of like, we'll handle it. And then maybe I'm giving a lot of looks Um, (laughs) and then also a look to JR like, okay, it's time to get ready for that thing that you do that I don't really understand. Mr. Blue is focused on Georgiana, but he looks back at you steely eyed. Mm -hmm. He's Mm -hmm. not happy. Rightfully so. No, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Cecilia ushers the Daylight Society away from the room uh, and they sort of go back into the the Mm -hmm. living room kitchen and start getting ready for the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Alvin's approach, because it seem, this seems like the most pressing concern. Right now, we kind of have a bit of a stalemate with the Imagine Labs issue. Their VR launch is coming in a little while. There's a mystery to be discovered there, but we have a very explicit time bomb going on here. So, I mean, Alvin's role here is whenever we work out this spell, he can't super help with with spells, but he can be there when this when we bring this thing into our area. So. His priority is to try to clean up as much harm as he has and maybe work on finding a place to summon it. Oh, yeah. I should probably try to heal myself in some way before a big fight, too. So, Alvin and Constance, it sounds like you want to try to patch yourself up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Prepare for battle. And JR, you want to put a little research into figuring out how this this big magic might work? Yep. Let's start with you, JR. Okie dokie. Tell me how you are sort of working this out. Are you digging through Constance's library? Are you experimenting with a key? Are you doing something else? How are you approaching this? So I think it would be useful for me to kind of go through. I don't think I've spent a ton of time going through Constance's lore library, but it's right there. And given that we don't really want to be leaving the safety of the uh, studio, I think I want to see what's in the lore library. What's there for me? I don't think it makes sense to make you roll here, JR. I think you can probably find the information that you need in combination with some experimentation. So what exactly are you trying to accomplish? I want to find this thing. So it's not just summoning it into the world. It's locating it and then bringing it here. Okay. I think the difficult step in this two-step process is finding it. I think once you locate it, you know you can summon it. But the big magic piece is, is finding this thing, is locating it, tracking it down. So, JR, I think to accomplish this, here's what I'm going to say that you need. You're going to need a lot of people. I'm going to say uh, 10 people specifically, and you're going to need them to form a arcane diagram or alignment with their bodies, reaching out and holding mm-hmm. hands and interweaving and crossing to serve as a conduit for the magic. You're going to need to cast the spell at a particular place and or time. You're going to have to cast it as the wasting is happening because that's when the connection is strongest to the Vercolacus and when you can sort of trace it back most effectively. Uh, you're going to need to use magic as part of the ritual, specifically to observe another place or time. And it's going to have a specific side effect or danger. I know I often say these, these side effects or dangers are not known in advance. This one you do know, 
which is that you're going to have to summon it immediately while the connection is still live. And mm-hmm. that means you're going to have 10 people in the immediate vicinity of this Verkalakas when it appears. Aha. Uh-huh. Cool. I have several post-its and at least three of them are just like angry faces that I drew. <laughs> So it's like, note, 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 <laughs> anger face, note, anger face, okay. angry face that's crying? Okay. Those are my thoughts. Constance and Alvin, as JR is sort of uh, researching, you wanted to get patched up. Do some healing meditation. Yes, please. <laughs> some herbal teas. Ooh, I'll take That's a tea. probably not going to do it. Essential, uh, <laughs> essential oils. But yeah, Cecilia is there. Sit next to and- a salt lamp, healing ions. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but Cecilia is there and will happily take a look and treat the various contusions, sprains, and, and injuries that you have suffered. It's a lot. I've got five harm. Yeah, I've got four. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and erase one. Uh, JR, you too. Ah! Cecilia will get to you as well, for sure. Thank you, Cecilia. Constance and Alvin, as you're getting patched up and JR is is researching, I think you see Mr. Blue emerge from Constance's bedroom where Georgiana has been resting. And he comes out looking pretty hot under the collar, pretty fired up, and he marches over to the two of you and says, what's the plan here? What are we doing? Did you learn anything yesterday that can help Georgiana? Absolutely. Yes. Pretty much everything we need. Great. Then what are we doing? We got a hot lead on uh, summoning the beast that caused this. There is a solution. There are two ways to stop it. Transfer it to another person or kill the beast. And from all that we know, this beast is very similar to something that we have dealt with before. We learned that yesterday morning. What did you do the entire day? Well, hold on. I did paint. um, (laughs) What did you paint? I painted a premonition about something that, frankly, is is none of your concern. Well, actually, it is. Um, we've got multiple overlapping universes. That's not related to Georgiana. We'll deal with that later. Here's what we know. Wait, do you mean the other worlds? Yes. Which one did you paint? I show I show Mr. Blue the painting. That's the plane of memory. Sorry, what? Oh, oh dip. The world of stories and thoughts oh so you are familiar with this place because that's what's causing everyone to be whammied well yes it's it's one of the three prime realms outside of mundane earth there's the plane of memory there's otherwhere and the hereafter okay you think the plane of memory is connected to whatever is happening to your your friends yes sure sounds familiar seems like that is exactly what's happening and Look, our number one priority right now is dealing with the Verkalakis and making sure that Georgiana's okay. But we're at a stalemate with this memory monster, as JR has uh, so nicely named it, TM, TM, TM. So we're going to need to deal with that eventually. If there's anything that you can tell us about this other world, how we stop it from encroaching on our own, why it's coming after everyone connected to the VR experience at Imagine Labs, we could sure use the help there. Yes, and I'm glad that JR is working on a solution that you have a a plan. This is concerning, though. There are no monsters in the plane of memory, or what you would call monsters. It's just stories and thoughts. Well. Those stories and thoughts are bleeding into our world and wiping clean people here. 
and changing them. My mom thinks that she's been running Imagine Labs for years when the real leader of Imagine Labs just up and vanished from everyone's memories just, you know, like a couple of days ago. This is quite concerning. I'll tell you what, we're going to do what we do best, which is smash them up with this monster for Georgiana. We could really use your brain on what to do with this memory deal. You're familiar with the plane, yeah. That could come in handy. I have never entered the plane of memory, nor have any of my kindred. It has been shuttered since the upheaval before otherware came to be. I will gladly share what I have heard, but as you say, take it with a grain of salt. The plane of memory is the archive of humankind's stories a repository of knowledge and history, safe from the ephemeral nature of paper and stone and the human hippocampus. Everything is chronicled within its expanse, from beloved parables to soft secrets whispered between two souls. The plane was born of humanity's fear of forgetting, of Alexandria and Antioch, of the siege of Baghdad, and the sack of Nalanda Mahavihara, Before the plane of memory, stories were simply lost, like smoke in the sky. For years, magic could feel humanity's pain, but didn't understand it. A metaphysical force able to reshape reality is, at best, ill-equipped to understand raw emotion and hundreds of spoken languages. It was not until the great trickster, Anansi, bargained on behalf of humanity to save your stories from dissipating into the sky. From then on, they were fixed safely among the stars, shining bright for all to see. The plane of memory was off-threatened during the upheaval, until eventually its doors were shuttered to protect the stories within. When the time of the sealing arrived, Anansi, cleverest of the tricksters, was one of the four paragons of magic that joined with the human sorcerers to banish magic from this world. While the other guardians pledged to keep the seal safe from physical and magical threats, it is said that Anansi instead vowed to keep safe the plane of memory, and with it the knowledge of how the seals might be undone. He vanished soon after, and with him, all entrances to the plane of memory. Okay. Incidentally, Constance was planning to read Anansi Boys by Neil Gaiman, as a nice, just chill thing to do after coming back. But uh, that's no longer going to be a fun, relaxing thing to do. So it's like a storage unit for all the other planes? <laughs> that's actually, <laughs> I like that. Oh I suppose, I mean, yes. You have experience with storage units. Where all the like memories and stories from all the other planes <laughs> end up getting stuffed away in there? Yes, in a sense. Well, maybe something in the way that this VR headset connects to memories. Maybe we're accidentally opening doors that should have been sealed. Perhaps. It's somewhat scarier to know that it might not be intentionally being done by a creature of some kind, because then that means that there's no one to reason with. I think Mr. Blue just looks at you with concern, multiple layers of concern. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. I truly wish that I had Morgana's guidance at this juncture. 
I don't know what to offer you, save what I know. My fear is not something has escaped from the plane. My fear is that something is trying to get in. Ooh. Trying to get into the plane. Yeah, like some trying kind of fancy... Trying to create a portal to the plane of memories. Okay. Mm -hmm. Some kind of fancy VR tech that tries to get in there and get everybody's memories and stories to make experiences out of. It's hard for me to know if this is someone's evil Machiavellian plan or capitalist tech bros run amok. Neither of which sounds more appealing to me at this point, to be honest, because damage can be done either way. I don't think Mr. Blue says anything. I think he just nods and sits down and appears lost in thought. I make him a cup of tea and we both sit there with our teacups and just contemplate. Yeah. Alvin, it's been a Constance and JR heavy episode. Is there anything you want to try to sort of tackle here or do? I mean, I was thinking about that, but really, I think Alvin is really wants to just focus on getting fit. He knows that they're going to be summoning a monster here. There's a lot of research, like study on interplanar physics, which is a bit over his head. And the room is just full of a bunch of squishy humans and Mr. Blue. So he's pretty clear on his role in the upcoming big magic operation. And he's focused on on studying hard for it. Okay. I mean, here's here's something Alvin could be doing during this beyond just like sitting still and twiddling his thumb and hoping that that heals better, which it mechanically isn't going to. <laughs> is uh, work with Stan to get Constance's workshop up and running and try to come up with some sort of like trap maybe that we can set because we know we're we know where we're summoning it right we have a pretty good idea on when so coming up with some kind of like distillation or ghostbuster kind of trap something that can when we get it here prevent it from doing any sort of magical stuff that we haven't accounted for yet there's a lot of contingencies we can't plan for all of them but i think alvin might pair up with stan to try to get something going in the workshop who he's not here who's not here Damn. Oh no! Oh shit! Not Stan!